YouTube is tough, mm. you know. Mm. Um, I think it's um, being in the sector of doing reviews, you don't get the same push as other you know, sectors like the beauty community. I have no idea of the please. The moot bangers. People are eating 40 pound lobsters on camera and making a killing. I just don't get it. <laughs> Welcome to Shooting the Ish with the Brits, the podcast where David, a white British man, and Jen, a black American woman, shoot the shit. Ish, she means ish, about whatever we want. British dinky deckers. Check. American bonnets. Check. Even mysterious potatoes. Oh, double check. So join us for another episode of Shooting the Ish with a Brit. Hey, David. Hello, Jen. And hello to our dear friends out there and listeners and Welcome to another episode of Shooting the Ish with the Brit. How you doing? I'm fine. Um, I'm actually doing a lot better than last week when we talked. Well, that's nice. Um, situation in life isn't different, but my perspective has changed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is due to my new ponytail. <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> it looks good. And it's, uh, we actually discussed it already and... I asked Jen how long it was because it looks like it's about three foot long, but we worked out it's about two and a half feet long, yeah. which is impressive. I would agree with that. You know, it starts at the, at the bottom of my head or how should I say like, the, yeah, at the very base of my head and then mm. it goes all the way down to my lower back. So yeah, two and a half feet. Have you found that uh, when you're out walking in New York and there's a dog that comes by, does it try and like grab it behind you? You think you're like, really funny, don't you? You think you are so I just funny. feel like I feel like that would have happened, you know, in no, that situation. It's never happened. And I <laughs> maybe walk a good five to seven minutes of the train and then I'm on the train for a good hour. So there are no dogs on the train. So there's no way <laughs> that I would even see a dog and the dog would interact with my long ponytail. But um, I'll keep an eye out for that since you're so concerned. I'm I'm concerned. I don't want you to suddenly get your your neck whipped back and have some whiplash and stuff, you know, it's like a whole thing. As you know, I've just been going through that. So exactly. no, that's no fun. That's no I fun. I hear all the concern. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. And uh, uh, I'm pleased because uh, hopefully you've all at this stage, we're like six weeks in or five weeks in, but we released our first episode this week officially. And that was great. And that feels really nice. So, and it's, it's good to get back in the groove and, and, uh, and keep moving along and we're just enjoying everyone. So this is great. Yeah. Um, and on that note, actually, any ideas you guys have or things you want to talk about or thoughts on anything we've spoken about, give us a shout. Like we'd yeah, love to hear from you. Do. So please do. Um, I, I was actually in, uh, I was in Quebec last week. And when I was driving around, I saw this, this store that was called something like Inkjet Printer Store. Firstly, how the fuck are these people making money? Are you for real? Mm -hmm. Right? Like the internet, for one, it's such a niche store. Of course, you're going to go online. And if you're a big company, you're going to go to a stationary company. So like, why the hell did this person make this store? 
And, and like, I'm trying to, I was generally trying to think to myself at what point in their life did they think that I know what my dream is. I know what I've got to do with my life. I've got open a store and sell printer ink. Did you inquire? No, we we were driving along, so I couldn't, but I like, I thought about a time I said, and I said in the van, I was like, who does that? Like, who thinks that's a good idea? I think that there's definitely still a market for it. Um, of, of course there's a market like this. Everyone needs printer ink, but yes. there's just much easier ways to get it. Right. And definitely. Like, but there are much easier ways to get a whole bunch of stuff. And so and people do that. that. What'd you say? And people do that. People use those much easier ways, but most of the stores have like variations of products in them. Whereas this sure. is just specifically ink. Sure. That seems just crazy to me. I think there's definitely a segment of the population that's patronizing them enough for them to stay in business. Mm-hmm. Okay. For sure. There are sometimes things that I want that are that specific and I want to go to that specific store and get it instead of going online. Which you is know? fair, which is fair, but, but ink, I agree with you. Ink, ink, printer, ink, right. Cartridges. Like that's very niche. Exactly. And, and just to, to think, just to, for someone to have the idea and follow it through just seems madness to me. Yeah. Oh, but there you go. And um, the other thing I realized out on this trip, because I was in Quebec, it was really cold, you know, and I'm like, it's wind, it's freezing, you've got your gloves on, you whatever, like, you're in trouble, you know, it's just, it's tough. Um, but the one thing that made, made me think about is there's a great way these days to work out if someone is courageous or brave. And it's really easy and you can do it every day with anyone you meet. As soon as you meet them, look at their phone. And if that person does not have a cover on their phone, <laughs> they are brave as fuck. I'm telling you. That's that a is, good one. Like that's, they've, they've got to have, they're either really courageous or really stupid. Um, you know, you could probably decipher that pretty quickly. But anyone with common sense, like the, the, the value of your phone these days to not have it protected seems crazy to me. I used to be one of those people who didn't protect my phone. And this is the reason why I just believed God would protect my phone. (laughs) But then I was reminded when it was actually cracked that God has a whole bunch of other things to deal with. (laughs) Yeah. I dropped my phone on a Chicago L platform Mm -hmm. and the screen completely cracked. (laughs) And I was like, how could this happen? And then I was like, I didn't have a case. So yeah. Yeah. Completely get that question out. Um, but yeah, I agree with you in this day and age, people mm-hmm. should have cases, you know, mm-hmm. and even I mean, screen protectors, screen protectors are important. Oh yeah. I know I do. And because I drop my phone all the time. Me too. And I, and I feel like I'm quite an agile person, but I still, it just gets torn <laughs> up this phone. You know what I mean? You describe yourself as agile. Nobody else uh, describes you as agile. No, I, I, as I say, I feel like I'm an agile person, like relatively. I, come on, I do a lot of yoga and, you know, I get, you know, get around with the the sports that, that stretch me out and make me agile. Therefore, you should be able to hold your phone. I, sh- I should drop be, it but that's what I'm saying. But it, I can't, I drop it and like all the time. So I'm so lucky. So I can't imagine any people who are like not that way. Yeah. They better have a phone case. Yeah, I agree with you. Especially in places like Quebec where it's icy and snowy. You're like, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I also love that you are pronouncing it as Quebec because I do too. But you know, a lot of people, ignorant Americans, will call it Quebec. <laughs> oh, you know? yeah. Well, 
that's that's not a surprise. No, <laughs> it's not a surprise. I co-sign that. They're but that's your of... only insult of Americans allowed on this episode. Thank you very much. On this, oh wow! So I've got to change a couple of segments. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so you ready to get the show on the road? I am. I am. Uh, okay, so we're going to go into our favorite things, and uh, mine this week is is National Public Radio, KCRW. Ooh. Okay. I mean, it's, I listen to it every day. Uh, I think I've talked about NPR before, but not in, in this context, but uh, it's just, it's an incredible resource in general for news. Um, it's, it feels very non-biased. It feels very intelligent um, and they deliver their stories and their, their content in such a great way, like such a digestible way um, that I love it for that. And the other side of it is music. And, I, and I'm a bit, I love my music, I really do. And I get so much good music from KCRW, which is our NPR in, in LA. Uh, and I'm so grateful for it. Um, so that's, that's my favorite thing this week. And it's, it's, it's a simple one. But uh, the one thing I will say also is that it is a national public radio. So it runs on public donations. Um, and there's, there's one good thing about this and one bad thing. And the good thing is, there's no kind of government money supporting it. So they really can be non-biased. They can push the stories they think are important and they, they find the facts and whatnot, which is great. The negative of course, is that the way it survives is by people like us paying for it. Um, and, and which I do, I have, uh, actually I was, I was gifted last year an annual membership, which was great. And I'll definitely continue it this year when it, uh, when it expires. Cause I think it's the amount of good I get out of that. That thing is incredible. So that's my favorite thing this week. Short and sweet is, is national public radio. I like that. And it's your favorite thing about the U S right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. The U S yeah. Yeah. I love that because Mm -hmm. as we've talked before, NPR is one of the few news media outlets that I listen to. Mm -hmm. Also the music thing, um, even between, and we've talked about this too, the music, like the little interludes between the new segments are really good. We have. Yeah. Yeah, they are. My question to you is, have you ever checked out NPR's tiny desk? Yes. Yes, of course I have. Yeah. Yeah. Love Um, that. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's great. It's really cool. Very cool. And Um, and No, go ahead. I was going to, I was just going to carry on with that section because I was going to say something else for you know it to be a new like a primarily news media company yeah um it's just so impressive that they've produced uh, a very nationally well-known um music platform for yeah. artists that are not on the radio necessarily yeah. you know fantastic. what i mean yeah. there are people that we discover on a spotify or something like that or or underground artists yeah and they give them this platform at literally this tiny desk. So yep. it's amazing. And it and, and a lot of great people have come from that. They really mm-hmm. have. Um, uh, what I was going to say is uh, I love a morning becomes eclectic is one of my favorite things. And which runs from nine, nine till 12 every day. And, and it is eclectic as hell. And, and I like a lot of different music. So it just, you can discover so much. I love it. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Oh, one more thing. I discovered Tom Mitch through, uh the morning becomes eclectic he's british okay white r&b artist he's great okay tom mitch good to know all right i'll have a listen cool what about you what's your favorite thing so my favorite thing about the uk she's uh, jen's rubbing her chin right now this is yes 
because I'm very excited to share this with you. It's a very good one. Okay. So are you familiar with the Dolly Parton challenge? Uh, I, I've heard about the Dolly Parton challenge. I don't, is that the one with the four pictures? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. So for those that don't know, uh, this new challenge has taken social media by storm where <laughs> Dolly Parton posted on social media um, four different pictures of herself. And the four different pictures reflect different personalities. And they're all social media platform pictures. So the caption was, get you a woman that does all these things. So <laughs> there's a picture of her that's appropriate for LinkedIn. As you and I know, David, we have LinkedIn profiles. We have very buttoned up LinkedIn pictures. So there's a very buttoned up Do Dolly Parton, right? Then another square is Dolly Parton on Facebook, where she's still a little, you know, like put together, but she has a little, uh, just a tad more flair, like a salt, a pinch of salt <laughs> flair. Right. Then she has a picture of herself uh, on Instagram. So that's where she's fun and quirky and all this other kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Then there's the Tinder picture. <laughs> and it's where Dolly is hot from back in the day. She's kneeling and she kind of looks like she's about to spread them for some lucky man. Okay. <laughs> so that's the Dolly Parton challenge. So people it's have been posting so four different pictures, right? I love it. So what is that? What does this have to do with the UK, right? So I came across this article that says British police use the Dolly Parton challenge to find suspects in different cases. So as this whole thing is taking social media by storm, actual criminals are showing their different faces that they would put on LinkedIn, That's amazing. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Tinder. Because, you know, sometimes people look different, as you and I yeah. were just talking about. David yeah. sent me a picture of himself and on, because we're actually video conferencing, he looks very different from the picture. But by having these four pictures, you can get a better idea as to mm -hmm. what the what the people look like right so british police are legitimately that's amazing using, yeah these dolly parton challenges to be like oh that's the guy we were looking for in that robbery oh that's the guy we were looking for maybe in that murder so um wow. that's my favorite thing about the uk it's smart isn't that's it super impressive modern tech, that's brilliant i love it i mean people should know by now that the feds are watching quote unquote you know what i mean like people are using <laughs> to get other people caught up do you reckon um like the person who thought that firstly in the police station i can imagine this whoever the british cop was taught, like really fought with himself like do i bring this up to my to the guy to the people at work or <laughs> not you know what i mean like it might be really right. embarrassing a social media thing but i've got this idea which could really be cool exactly that's so funny but also that is fantastic i love that that's i good... know and i just want to um give shout out to the source and don't get mad at me for this okay fox <laughs> news actually reported it oh that's okay all I right mean, i'm a i'm a big believer in in reading all the news amen you know so like amen. That, that if you don't then i feel like you're kind of you're limiting yourself to what the reality is i agree and shout out so. to cleveland police in northeastern england because they're the ones who are using this dolly parton challenge so there you go fantastic um, um cleveland that must be so i've never even heard of cleveland me then. either so that's got to be a small place all right um i guess it really is effective then there yeah yeah that's a that's true you know? because there are probably yeah. only like 10 people in there so. and exactly yeah 
Um, so what did you learn this week? So, um, I follow Will Smith on like every platform because he mm -hmm. really knows how to use, um, social, social media, media in such a, you know, um, revolutionary way. So he has a YouTube channel. I subscribed mm -hmm. to that and I clicked on it because it said, you know, this is the first time Will Smith met Larry David. So I was interested to see that interaction. Lo and For behold, sure. after his little interaction with Larry David, he had another segment about this guy from New York who, and you would love this, he created something called Urban Golf. Okay, I love it already. I'm in. So if you were to take a guess at what Urban Golf is, then what would that guess be? I mean, is it, is it actually using golf clubs? Yes. So, I, I, I mean, I would guess it's like playing golf and hitting into trash cans and things like that. Very close. Yes. Okay. Actually, that is an element of it. So yeah. actually, you're half right. Like, like finding different things to try and hit the golf ball into. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to play this little clip really quickly. Um, Cause it's a pretty cool one. All right. They don't ask for permission for nothing. They like, they just go for it. Met up with like a local legend, Tiger Hood. <laughs> 10 years ago, he found a golf club in the trash can. Oh man, way too much on that. Oh well, we're Boy. getting a little urban golfing, man. And like he had no real golf experience whatsoever, and he started making golf balls out of milk cartons and developed urban golf. It's become a lifestyle now, you know? Golfing, man. It's like after a few days without it, it's like I'm like, what's now? He got sponsorship deals from Nike and let me go meet old boy and try my skills on the urban golf links. <laughs> That's very cool. Isn't it? That's very cool. I'm, I'm going to definitely be looking that up right after this. Yeah. And he yeah. has to be maybe 60 something years old. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. 60 something year old black man from New York. Right. And the thing is when he and Will Smith played, he actually isn't that good because they were trying to, you know, swing these little milk cartons into, as you said, sort of makeshift receptacles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Will is the only one that got one in there. Right. Um, but I love the fact that he calls it urban golf because yeah. a lot of times that word can be offensive. Yeah, negative. Negative. But actually, it just yeah. means city. That's yeah, of course. All no, of course it is. Yeah, urban um, and rural. That's that's it. Simple as that. Yeah, so that's what yeah. I learned. A little local Does, New York history. Is uh, is Will Smith a golfer? Yes, he is. Okay. He'd be a fun person to play golf with. Yeah, he even mentioned, um, you know, that you wanted he was to play with me. Fun. No. Oh. <laughs> oh. No. This all, no. This is you awkward. Were not mentioned. This is awkward. Okay. No. So he um, playfully said to Tiger Hood that he's the one that um, created urban golf because he was playing golf off of uh, Airplane and I Am Legend. I don't know if you remember that movie. I, you remember do, that movie? I do remember that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was like, I'm the first one, so. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. which, uh, and on that note, that book, I Am Legend, is amazing. 
and they made three versions of the movie of that book and they were all terrible. Oh my God. All terrible. Yeah. Anyway, but the book's amazing. It's a short book. Uh, well, that's very cool. I like that. I'm going to be looking up uh, Tiger Hood and Urban Golf for sure. That's really nice. Um, so uh, what I learned this week, and I'm only going to say a certain amount about it because I think you and anyone else should watch this documentary. Um, but I want to talk about uh, Bikram Yoga. And did, did, have you seen the documentary? Mm-mm. No. Okay. So, so you know nothing about it really. I know about Bikram yoga, but why do I have yeah. to watch the documentary to know about it? Well, yeah, I'll tell you a little bit and you should definitely watch it. Um, uh, but for those who don't know, um, I, said, I don't want to give too much away, but um, for those that don't know, Bikram yoga is, is a, a very intense form of hot yoga. Uh, it's comprised of uh, 26 positions um, and two breathing practices within the, within the practice. Um, yeah, I've done it a few times and it's, it's definitely tough. Um, it really is. I mean, yoga is tough anyway, but you kind of put yourself in a hundred plus degree heat and I mean, you get the picture. It's, have you ever done hot yoga? I have and I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Right. It's, it's pretty fantastic. Um, although you think you might die a couple, uh, two, <laughs> two or three moments during it, you're just like, Oh my God. Definitely. And, I do, and I do yoga regularly, but I still like, Oh my God. Um, but anyway, so I watched the documentary recently, um, the story of Bikram, essentially. And uh, I mean, the first thing to note is that it's named after the guy that created it. And uh, I'm, I'm saying created in air quotes for the audience, by the way. Uh, but the guy's name is, is Bikram Chowdhury, and he's from Calcutta in India, which is, is on the west side of India, just, just south of Bangladesh. Um, and there's three things that fascinated me about this story. Um, one was the origin story of Bikram himself, kind of where he came from. Um, he was said to be like a, a national yoga champion for three years running. And he then went on to be like a strong man, uh, and did all those kind of competitions and then crushed his leg, like to the point where they were said to be got to amputate your leg. That's it. But essentially yoga, uh, helped him cure his leg and, healed him and that kind of inspired him to go on and you know show the world bikram yoga like his wow. form of yoga, right um so you know after creating bikram yoga again the air quotes on creating uh he emigrated to the us and began to practice and teach his form of yoga here and that kind of leads me to the second point that fascinated me was how quickly it exploded in this country like it's it's phenomenal how big it got and how quickly it got um and one one example is um one of the famous things he did early on in his career as, as the bikram yoga guru was he saved richard nixon's leg apparently like richard nixon also was actually in a situation where he they were saying they have to amputate his leg but through a course of yoga for several weeks it healed it and he got stronger and it was fine and all thanks to bikram yoga that's um, extraordinary it is extraordinary. Um, the third thing that struck me, and this is why you're going to be more interested to watch this documentary. The third thing that struck me about Bikram himself is how similar this guy is to Donald Trump. In terms of? Yeah, I don't want to say too much about it, but the mental side of this guy, like his story with the air quotes again, uh, his story, reality, like his mannerisms, the way he sees himself, the way he 
sees other people and how he interacts with other people. It's a really incredible story of someone who, I mean, inspired thousands and thousands of people, but at the same time, you know, there's, there's, there's a story there. And again, I really don't want to give it all away. Um, but I just, it was really interesting learning about Bikram in general, the origins, but then as you get deeper into this guy's story, oh, it's so shocking. And uh, the end, like what happens at the end of the documentary and what's, you know, what the end of that story is, I guess, for that, for that time period, I can't quite believe it's a reality. So what's the name of the documentary? It's called Bikram. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah, and... like an hour and a half. Watch it. Okay. And do you recall the year or maybe the decade when Bikram came to the U.S.? I, I believe it was early 2000s. Interesting. It was, it was, uh, it was, guess it was, uh, yeah, it was early 2000s. Okay. But I, I guess actually it must have been earlier. Yeah, if he helped Nixon, right? Nixon, yeah, it must have been earlier, but I think it got big in the 2000s, like early got 2000s. It. Yeah, that's when it really exploded. And like, well, he was, I'm yeah, interested yeah. to know how he's similar to Donald Trump because I, I'm curious if you pick up on it as well. You'll start, you'll start seeing certain elements very quickly, and as you get into the later part of the documentary, you're just like, fuck. Okay. Yeah. I am a real um, stickler or real snob about documentaries. I was just mm-hmm. talking to my boyfriend. We always talk about my boyfriend on this podcast. It's like insane. We love you, Ishmael. We just always, <laughs> here we go. Hey, boo. So I was just talking to him about Netflix and how I do not like their documentaries. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they're done very well. Mm-hmm. So in your opinion, especially considering our employer and how good our employer is at documentaries, oh, do you yeah. feel like it was well made? Uh, yeah, fairly. I mean, there's there's an element of it where you kind of have a few talking heads you know and mm. that's that's a little bit there's a little bit too much of that for me um but it's really like i would say really the first 30 minutes and the last 30 minutes mm-hmm. are just like they're so interesting okay. so interesting and the other thing i'll say is actually there's a couple of these talking heads one in particular who uh, through elements of wrong during this in this story this person de- kept defending certain actions because of the love and aspiration he, he had for Bikram. And it's like, and you're watching it and you just want to shake this guy and say, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> how can you sympathize and how can you support the reality here? Just because, you know, it's so selfish. You'll see it anyway. That was, there was a couple of moments that are really frustrating in it. I mean, in fact, many moments, but um, it's, it's really interesting story. And, okay. it is, and, and, and sad, scary and fucked up and, um, but just very interesting. So I highly recommend watching that documentary. Okay, I'll um, check it out. Yeah, and then, uh, and then let me know if you agree with my assessment that he's very similar to Donald Trump. I will. Yeah, I'm really curious about that. Thanks yeah. for sharing. Of course. Um, so we're going to move on to the guest segment. Oh, um, yeah. So here we go. Okay, so David and I are so excited because we have somebody really, really special on for this guest segment. Um, A lot of people watch reality TV. Some call it trash TV, but if you're going to watch trash TV, it better be the best. Love After Lockup, 90 Day Fiance, Creme de la Creme. 
and Love Island. Let's not forget Love Island. And Love Island, okay? And our guest today gives the best recap of these shows and others. She posts reviews on YouTube that have me rolling. David, that means laughing for your British. Come on, come on. That means laughing. Although she hasn't formally called herself a comedian, we crown her one today. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. David and I are pleased to welcome YouTuber and comedian Sass Scales to the show. Hey, Sass. Hello. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for coming. And, And actually, Jen's answered one of my first questions, which do I say SAS or do I say SAS? Oh, no, it's SAS. Yeah, okay. And, it's and, actually the initials of my real name. Okay. Oh. Which, okay, that's good. It just so happened to be SAS. I like it. Got and, it. and you know, in, um, in England, there's part of the military called the SAS, mm. which is like the Air Force military, essentially. And I was in my head, because of your name, I have you doing these YouTube like, uh, uh, um, uh, I'm just got my mind. I see you doing these YouTube reviews and you're jumping out of a plane kind of doing comedy and talking about reality TV. That's what I'd like <laughs> to believe is what you do some of the time. Maybe it's not, I'm I, going to keep that in my head. So I like it. Study. Yeah, it's very good. So for me, Sass, I came to start watching your YouTube um, videos because my girlfriend and I love Love After Lockup. So David, okay, here's the premise of Love After Lockup. There are these people in jail, okay, who start up relationships with people outside of jail Mm -hmm. through a website. It's called inmate.com. Is that right? Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Can you so, believe that? I was shocked. Wow. I, I never heard of anything like that in my life. Never. So they spark up these relationships. People are in these so-called relationships for years. So, you know, this network was like, hey, let's try and get these people on the show. You sign up, they cast them, and the stories are unbelievable. So oh, my I can girlfriend- only imagine. I can you only can imagine. imagine. Yeah, so it's my just girlfriend endless. sent me Sass's review one day and she said, this woman <laughs> is the best thing to happen to YouTube. Watch her uh, reviews. I did and I was immediately hooked. So oh. Sass, how did you get started with this and what has it been like for you? Uh, how did I get started with YouTube with or you- how did I get... With you, with recapping the shows. Okay. Um... I was looking at, uh, I was looking for a music video mm-hmm. and on my recommended was this YouTuber called For It's Rocks mm-hmm. and she was reviewing Real Housewives of Atlanta. I had no idea that people reviewed shows Me either. and she was so funny. And so then once you watch one, you get a whole bunch. So I was like, I can do that. I mean, I can do that. So I start reviewing different shows, but then when I watched Love After Lockup, and I was like, I'm going to review this show because <laughs> this is insane. So when I reviewed the show, it just clicked. I mean, automatically clicked. I, I wasn't nervous. I just start talking about it, and then you know people start coming, and um, that's how I started doing it. That easy. I love it. Wow. And, and, and you don't just recap the shows, right? You kind of recap, like, the shenanigans that go on during the week. Oh, oh, yes. It's Foolery Friday. Right. Foolery Friday. <laughs> okay. I don't believe so, you, though. <laughs> yeah. So, so what happened on, on this Foolery Friday? What's the most recent 
Well, I had to talk about Carol Sanchez. I mean, I know yeah. that's controversial, but mm -hmm. I just had to talk about this 16-year-old girl who basically pulled a Jussie Smollett and she had these people worried about her and praying for her. And I'm like, girl, come on, That's you right. know, mm -hmm. not the best decision. So, you know, I had to, I had to talk about her a little bit. So. And you brought your community the against to it. Okay. Okay. Justice for, justice for Juicy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's right. Yes. Right. Justice for Juicy. Um, so you're naturally funny. Um, do you have any plans to put your comedic chops on the stage? Oh, no, 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 girl. No, <laughs> you sure? Why not? I am not a comedian. You oh. are. I'm, I'm going to tell you that you are. You really you're, are. You're, you're very funny and your, your, your verbal comedy is great, but your, your visual comedy is also fantastic. It works so well with it. Well, thank you. One of my comments from her recently was um, a 90-day fiancé recap where she called, um, what is his name? Uh, Annie, Annie's boyfriend. What is his oh, name? Oh, yeah, translator app. Yeah. yeah. Des Desperation <laughs> Dan, yeah, or whatever it is. <laughs> yes. Yes. And yeah. I mean, that's like, I mean, of course I'm going to call him that. That's how they communicate, which is ridiculous. I yeah. just... I mean, it blows my mind that these people get involved in this, you know, relationship, like you say, for years. Mm -hmm. And then once they meet, it's like they don't know who each other are. Exactly. So They don't have any idea. Then they get into this huge argument. And I'm like, you've known each other for like five <laughs> years. Yes. And it's like, you know, oh, you can't communicate with me. Bitch, you was talking to him through a translator app. Exactly. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, you understand what I'm saying? It's hilarious to me. This is real reality reality shows. For yes, sure. it really yes. is. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. That's why I said it's the best kind of reality show. Because, David, these people are serious. Okay? They are oh, I serious. Know. It's, it's mind-blowing to me. And, and it's so interesting, especially being a British person, seeing some of these amazing stories from around this country. There's just... You know, we live in New York and California. And Sass, where do you live actually? Where are you based? I live in Virginia. Okay, you're in Virginia. So mm -hmm. we, we, we live in these cities which they're not America. They, they're not a representation of America. So these shows are a really good insight into that. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, I'm a big believer in comedy being born out of tragedy. And there's a lot of tragedy in these shows. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. the fact that you pick up on that is just fantastic. Mm -hmm. Thank it you. It works so mm -hmm. well. It's so funny. I love it. <laughs> But you should definitely be more comedian, I think, for sure. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about comedian. No, I, I could never get on stage and get in front of people because I will have, first of all, stage fright. And I don't think I'm that funny. I appreciate people who think I'm funny, mm -hmm. but I don't think I'm that funny. I will be that person that get on stage and just stand there. Mm. and then just run off like the you know them crazy women on Maury Povich you know <laughs> I'll be the one that run off stage <laughs> and just look like a complete idiot that would be me so no I'm I'm far from a comedian but I appreciate it I've always been told that I'm funny mm -hmm. but um, I think a, being a comedian is a, an art form I know a whole lot of comedians write down their own stuff mm. like write jokes um, I don't do that. It it literally just comes off the top of my head as I'm talking. 
I mean, you that's know. even more talented, in my opinion. I agree. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> and if thank not you. the stage, then let's say that somebody came, you know, to your door with a role in a film or a TV. Now, I would do that. And I'll tell you something else I would do. I would write. Okay. I would definitely write. I would love to write for, you know, something funny or, but yeah, I would do that. But to be okay. like on stage, no, I don't think I can ever do that. Behind uh, the scenes, behind the scenes. Okay. Okay. Um, a, a friend of mine uh, who I used to work with in England over the years, her husband is the key writer for a very famous British comedian. And this British comedian, a huge amount of his jokes are about his wife. And essentially, it's my, <laughs> my friend's husband who writes all these jokes about her, but he obviously performs them on stage. And so she says she's never been to any one of the shows because she just doesn't want to know what the husband is writing about her and putting mm -hmm. on stage. It's, and, and this comedian <laughs> is so funny and so vibrant as well. It's, just, it's, it's really, really good. So anyway, just a little tidbit there. Dynamic. Um, so, okay. So um, obviously you're very funny. You do a great YouTube podcast, uh, YouTube show, which is just entertaining to all of us especially Jen um, but really like your your primary career and what you do is you're a 911 dispatcher I am mm -hmm. very noble job that's amazing and obviously yeah, well. kind of a very polar opposite to what you do on your YouTube yeah. channel yeah and I think that's why um, that's another reason why I started YouTube too right. 911 dispatching you know I think that people assume that it's just someone taking a phone call wow. But it's so much more to that, and it's a stressful job. I can imagine. You have to leave it at work. If you take it home with you, you won't survive in yeah. that job. Yeah, I can imagine. So, and I think that's why I, I, I like doing YouTube, because I can, you know, make people laugh. I can laugh myself. It gives me an outlet, because it's, it's, a, it's a pretty, you know, serious job at times. I, I could only imagine it must be horrific and, and some of the stuff you hear. But with that in mind and with your comedy chops, do you ever, is there ever a situation where you will try and make people laugh on one of those calls to try and alleviate the pressure and the stress of the situation? Um, it depends on the person and the call. Um, you have to take who you're talking to. Some, sometimes you can, you can try to be funny but in other times, you know, no. But yeah, sometimes, yeah, you try to, you know, um, I guess relieve a little a pressure a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but where I'm from, around these parts, my neck of the woods, no, uh -huh. mm -mm, no. <laughs> right. okay. Okay. <laughs> no, mm -mm, Wait, no. so you say that though. So as a 911 dispatcher, are you not just in your area? Is it for a greater area? Well, it's for the the whole um, county where the I whole live. The whole Katy. Okay, right. Okay, mm -hmm. that's that's yeah. a big that's a big and so and it's we, just two of us at a time. Like in bigger cities, they have like wow. oh my god, what up to like twenty, but what? it's just me and my coworker. No so, way. Wait, so yes. every nine one one call that comes in comes through you two at that time. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. How what? do you? How is that possible? Um, we get it done. Wow. Get it done, you know. Wow. And then uh, on top of um, the 911 calls, we also get admin calls. So we also get the 
the dog calls the um wow can you, can you tell me what time this store closes what time <laughs> does the library close <laughs> we get those calls i'm broke down on the side of the road disabled vehicles yeah we get you know state police calls too and right. uh, but we can just transfer them but yeah it's just me and co-worker oh so, 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 how, how many 911 calls do you get a day then um <clears throat> Let's see. 911 calls. Um, if it's a busy, I just say, if it's really, really busy, we can get up to, I say, six or seven. But non 911 calls, right. it can be steady. You right, know, okay. boom, 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 okay. boom, boom. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I thought it'd be more than that, to be honest. Yeah. No, we don't. I mean, if you live in like a bigger area, I'm sure yeah. theirs is just off the hook. But yeah. since I live in a small rural area, right. um, we don't get, you know, that, you know, that many 911 calls, but our admin calls are just busy. I mean, it's just all the time. Right. But some people don't even use 911. Some people call the admin line when there is an emergency. Yeah. And then we get like the 911 calls where someone says, oh my God, oh, when will my power get turned back on? <laughs> We're like, girl, <laughs> you better call your light company, your AEP. So we get those two. And then Wait. when we tell them, we're like, this is 911. This is for emergencies. They get an attitude. Wow. Oh, okay. Unbelievable. And then next time they call back and it's engaged, they're like, why is it engaged? And like, it's because right. people like you are calling <laughs> the stupid yes. questions. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Wait, so how many, this is a silly question, but how many digits is the admin number? Is it three digits as well? Is it like nine? Oh, no, 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 it's seven. So what are these people doing when they have an emergency? <laughs> they are so stupid. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. I think they're used to calling the admin line and not now one more. I Again, just really do. That brings another question. Who's used to ringing the admin line? The <laughs> internet? Um, I, I don't mean, know. Probably the same people who still, you know, use the phone book. Exactly. And people still get phone books. So do they, do. Ever... they do. They okay. do. Older people still get yes, the phone book. Yes. That's what I should say. Older people. They do. Yes, Jen. Yeah. Older people. So do you, this... have, do you have regulars on the calls? Do you have people that you know? <laughs> It's a good question. Um, we have regulars, yes. We have... Wow. Uh, let me see. How much can I tell you guys? Okay, I'll tell you this one. Okay. We have this one lady who was from my area, but she moved away. Okay. And she moved two states over, and I kid you not, guys, she called us, and she's like, I just need someone. Let me stop. Hold on. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It's so funny. Let's hear it. I just need someone to talk to and oh. you know, all this stuff. And I think she's intoxicated most of the time. Right. Which are the best calls, you know, because they're <laughs> hilarious, you know. But um, yeah, she's a regular and you know, then we just finally had to tell her, look, you know, you, you gotta quit calling. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. she was literally taking up the phone line. Yeah, exactly. Well, actual people was calling. Remember, mm -hmm. people called the admin line. She couldn't call 911. So she would like talk and talk, and we we're like, look, you gotta go, girl. We we can't we can't have this. And so you live in a totally different state, you have your own 
Admin. police department. <laughs> and she was like, but I don't like them. They're mean to me. And I'm like, I mean, <laughs> sorry so yeah and then we have our regulars that you know they may be intoxicated they just want someone to talk to i think that's i think that's what it is some our regulars are the ones that just want someone to talk to i agree with you sass and sass and david this actually reminds me of my first job out of college so i worked for the washington post Mm. as an admin And so uh, one of the things I had to do was sit in at the national news desk. So that meant taking a whole bunch of calls for people who had questions, criticisms of the national section of the paper. And there were always older people calling with ridiculous requests or criticisms or just cussing for no reason. And like Sass said, a lot of these people are just lonely intoxicated they don't have anybody to call so they'll call these numbers mm-hmm. and you get to yep. know these people by name yep mm-hmm. which is so interesting so mm-hmm. even though it can be entertaining you know to listen to them and everything they got going on it's it can be sad too oh yeah do you, you, know? do you remember any good examples of people calling you jen with crazy criticisms um i think i blocked all of them out because the <laughs> ones that were crazy they were crazy to where i wanted to get crazy and then I would probably be fired. So no, right. I don't mm-hmm. remember, you know. Yeah, Sass can I'm sure relate to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so so Sass, with with your two careers, you have and, and they are two careers by the sounds of it. What what's like? What's the most rewarding thing about each of them for you? And what's the hardest thing about each of them? Oh, I'm sorry, YouTube or both careers? Both both careers, YouTube and Nine One One Dispatcher. Um. All right, let me take 911. I don't really see YouTube as a career. I see YouTube as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> my career uh, rewarding is definitely helping people. But also, this is, I mean, I will retire from this job. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. I've been there for 19 years. Wow, okay. So um, I will retire from there, and hopefully I will retire young. Amen. So this job has made it a way for me to retire young yeah. and um, be able to, you know, move on. I don't want to be that, you know, older person who's, who's sitting there like in her mid 60s, 70s waiting to die at a job. I refuse to do that. So it's definitely, you know, that's the rewarding part of 911. The rewarding part of YouTube I guess, I mean, literally talking to you two, mm-hmm. Jennifer and David, who would, I mean, I never would have thought in a million years that you two or anybody out in the world would listen to me, would think I'm funny. And I think that's, you know, definitely rewarding. Never in a million. When Jen, when Jen, she told me, um, I think through Twitter, um, she was like, uh, I listened to you and I shouted you out on our podcast. I literally was at work, no lie. I was at work and I looked at my coworker and I said, girl, <laughs> bitch, you shouted me out. And she said, who's Jen? <laughs> That's so good. But, and I was screaming and I was like, oh my God. So anyway, anyway, but Fantastic. that is well, definitely well the rewarding part. It's okay. just, you know, other people listening to me love it awesome. and what, what about the the harder parts of each of them oh my gosh youtube is tough mm. you know 
Mm. Um, I think it's um, being in the sector of doing reviews, you don't get the same push as other you know, sectors like the beauty community. I have no idea of the please. The mook bangers. People are eating 40 pound lobsters on camera and making a killing. I just don't get it. <laughs> I mean, they look like dinosaurs. And I'm like, how? And you get millions of views. So I think that, you know, some people who do that type of sector, I think they get a little bit more push than the ones that do what I do. You know, just sit there and talk about trashy reality shows. I mean, you know, it, it's it, my channel just sits there, and mm. I don't get that push that, you know, some people. That giant lobsters do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or I see like, um, let's just say non-black women mm -hmm. um, do like the same review that I do. Yeah. And they're literally sit, sitting there, and they're like. Yeah, um, well, today, um, oh my God, you know what I mean? And I'm I like, know what you mean, she has like 50,000 yep. views. And I'm like, how is this possible? Mm -hmm. She has like the personality of a wall. <laughs> and I think that it's like, and then I see the comments and it's like, you're the greatest, you're so funny. And I was like, where? I mean, really, <laughs> where? Are you, are you not commenting on the wrong, pod, the wrong YouTube here? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. So, that is very, uh, and that's, that's frustrating. Uh, that's, that's the frustrating part because then you think of yourself, well, am I really funny? Are these people like, why are these people looking at me? You know? Yeah. So yeah. you kind of doubt, you doubt yourself a little bit. That's very um, real, Sass, because um, I actually wanted to discuss that. And I'm so glad that you brought that up, especially when it comes to non-black um, recappers, mm -hmm. you know, the girlfriend that, showed me your YouTube um, channel. She was like, I just don't understand why she doesn't have more views. She mm -hmm. is amazing. And I do think there is validity to the fact that they're not pushing non-black uh, YouTubers. So do you know exactly what's needed to push your channel? Has YouTube told you or? No, mm -mm, no, they, I mean, I really don't think they care. I mean, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. I think that if you're not that person that have that certain look or bringing in the numbers, you know, they could care less about my little YouTube channel. I mean, they always say, go to, you know, put yourself out there more and, mm -hmm. you know, and I do that, but, you know, it's, it's, it's only so much I can do, you know, instead of just, you know, getting on camera and say, you better subscribe to me. I mean, I'm not going to do that, you know, and I'm not going to say every five minutes, you know, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I mean, I think that's annoying because I feel like, I feel like that if someone truly, truly enjoys me, um, I want them to, to, to subscribe because I, they enjoy me. I don't want them to subscribe because I am badgering them, you of know? Course. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I, uh, I don't really think YouTube really cares. I mean, you know, so anyway, but it is trying, it is frustrating, yeah. Well, it's it's funny because as, as you said earlier, this, it's a, it's a hobby for you. That's that's the way you see it, and yeah, I'm sure for like Jen and I doing this podcast, for us, if people listen, amazing, and that's great. Mm -hmm. 
but really the for us the priority is that we enjoy it so much and we learn mm-hmm. so much from doing it and from each mm-hmm. other that it's such a, a, a fulfilling experience and i'm mm-hmm. assuming it's a very similar thing for you oh i love it yeah. i absolutely love doing it i really do it brings me um joy it does i love editing i love you know going back and listening to myself and i was like all right that was a little silly so <laughs> i had to take that out you know or i say something and I'm like, oh, I bet not put that in. So yeah, but I, I do enjoy it. I really, really do. And like I said, I enjoy the feedback I get. I don't get hate. I mean, I, I don't get as much hate as someone else could, but I don't get any hate. I'm positive. Good. Uh, Christopher, uh, since you started doing the, the YouTube channel, with your family, your close family and friends who obviously watch it as well when they mm-hmm. pop an episode out, have they kind of, uh, has their attitude towards you changed a little bit in like it's a, in, a, in a fun way where now you're kind of like this little celebrity within the family or the group that you do? Oh, it? Lord, no. No? <laughs> um, my friends, I see, it's funny because when they watch my YouTube, they just see me. I mean, I act like this all the time. When we yeah. get together, we literally talk about these shows. <laughs> Brilliant. So it's really, and they definitely don't see me as no celebrity. Oh, God, no. No, no, no. But it's like I'm literally talking to my family when I do my channel because we talk about it. Okay, so, brilliant. no, I mean, they are, you know, I, I told them that I was going to be on y'all's podcast. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no way. I mean, you know, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I was Fantastic. just so excited. It was like, oh my God, we would, you know, when we go to list, I was like, oh, okay, pop your brakes. You know, I don't know. But, um, well, well, you know, Jen, that tickled yeah. them. You know, they was, um, oh my God, it's doing something. What what uh, else? It's all good. It's all good. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, they just see me as sass. That's it. That's, yeah. I love it. Um, well, I, I mean, when Jen uh, said that, that you were going to come and join us on the show, I was also very, very excited. So I'm, I'm oh, so good. Yeah, you. thanks. Been fantastic. Um, Jen, before we, we jump into lo- the couple of games at the end, have you got anything else you want to ask Sass? Um, no, I think I'm good. What about you? No, that's, that's been fantastic. It's yeah, been so nice to, to listen and learn. And, um, and yeah, we really, really enjoyed the, the YouTube. So keep it going, whatever the case. Oh, um, thank you. And, and Jen, you're going to do Yankee Limey Likey today. Yes. So, Sass, we have two games for you. One that I will break down for you now, and David will do the other. So, the first one, and don't get nervous, Sass. I see you over there. Don't get nervous. <laughs> it's, it's so easy. It's, it's just so a bit of fun. easy. Yes. <laughs> so, the first one is called Yankee Limey Likey. Okay. So Yankee is just a term that British people call us Americans. It's a slang, slang term. And limey is an old school slang word that we Americans used to call British people. Okay. And the last word is likey. So I'm going to give you a choice as to whether you like something the Yankee way, meaning the American way, or the limey way, which is the British way. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, and you in whatever you choose, also give a why, a reason. Okay. Okay. So since we are dubbing you a comedian, and you are kind of rejecting that, mm-hmm. but we still gonna put that crown on you. Okay. Okay. Do you prefer Yankee comedy or limey comedy? Um, Yankee com- uh, oh, comedy. So easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, what is? 
I don't know any. What's like, Limey comedy? Like the Office. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Original the Office. The original, original Office. Okay, yeah. that is hilarious. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so we're gonna go with British comedies, yeah? No, we're gonna. <laughs> no, 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 no. I still go with Yankee comedy. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 Any particular reason? I mean, because that's that's what I just know. Just what, what you mm-hmm. know. Okay. Yeah. Like All right. That's good. Good yeah, answer. Like good answer. And it's also it just kind of poses because there's obviously a lot more British comedy now in America than there ever was, but it's still you imagine in these more populated areas, I guess, it kind of doesn't really filter out to a lot of America. Right. Uh, where yeah. people would commonly watch it, okay. Yeah. All right, and so, so my game uh, we call uh, Brentwood or Brooklyn Bread. And the, the premise of this game, I don't know if you know, but we do a segment on Nextdoor, which is the Nosy Neighbor app. Have you heard of this? Uh, somewhat, go ahead and see it. So, so the app itself is basically you, you sign up and you're, you, you are uh, open to your community. And people post stuff going on in the neighborhoods, issues or stories, or like I'm looking for a dog sitter, things like that. And some of the stories that come out of this app are just phenomenally funny and amazing. And so we do a segment every week on that. And so this game, you have to work out if the story I'm going to tell you is from Brentwood, where I am in Los Angeles, or from Brooklyn, where Jen is in New York. That's the game. So this story, uh, it's titled Range Rover Crashed Into a Fire Hydrant. Two males just crashed into this fire hydrant with an orange Range Rover Sport and got out of the car, started jumping up and down and dancing. Then they left in a black BMW 3 Series. Our local firemen were here within minutes, saving the day. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Brentwood or Brooklyn? Oh. Well, when you said that the apartment was there within minutes. <laughs> I love the logic. <laughs> I love that. I, I, I didn't love even make that connection of talking to a 911 dispatcher there. But. I am going to say Brentwood is probably majority Caucasian. Am I right? It's okay, so majority, since yeah. the fire department will be there in minutes, <laughs> <laughs> love it. let me I love stop. It. Um, I am going in a hydrant. Okay, I'm going to say. I'm going to say Brentwood. Correct. Well done. Yeah! I love, I love your logical step forward there. That was fantastic. That was, <laughs> that was brilliant. Great. It was very, very good. Um, but actually, it's funny talking about mostly Caucasians in Brentwood. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. But at the end of last season, I had spoken to Jen because I've noticed in the last six months, Brentwood's become so much more diverse. And I, and I, I thought about this a year ago and thought it's so white. And for some whatever reason, it's just so many more people of color and it's so interesting. I have no oh, idea great. why. Um, mm-hmm. So it's becoming more diverse, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I told him that if that were to happen the other way around, yeah. where white people were coming into black neighborhoods, we would call that gentrification. So oh, absolutely. Said, we are gentrifying y'all in Brentwood. Okay. Absolutely. Oh my God. Oh, positive gentrification. Absolutely. Um, Eddie Murphy did a perfect thing in Saturday Night Live last night on that. It was oh, really? it was fantastic. Yeah. It was so, great. So so what you're saying is we're ahead of Eddie Murphy with comedy. He just kind of he's following <laughs> on from sure. <our> footsteps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what, one other last thing we're gonna do. We we also do this other segment called Apartment 40, which is a building in uh, an apartment in Jen's building where we've put away this this lady called Susan and she's locked in there with everything that we don't want in the world. Anything you want to like just remove from the world, remove from existence. We put something every week in apartment 4E 
Is there anything you would like to put in there? Oh, yes. Racism, of course. Very good. We haven't had that one. I like that. Okay, that's yeah. a great one. Mm -hmm. Easy. Yeah. Great, perfect. Mm -hmm. Done. Um, so, yeah, why don't you, uh, as we're finishing up, why don't you kind of just, just, I know you don't like plugging and asking for subscribers, but why don't you let people know where to reach you and where to find you? Um, okay. Well, you could go to um, SAS, just type in SAS Scales at YouTube.com and I'll pop up. And that's and I SAS, think that is, by the way. Yeah, SAS. Yes. Yeah. SAS on YouTube and then Instagram, I think it is SAS Scales and on Twitter, SAS Scales. Perfect. That's it. Thank you. This has been okay, really great. fantastic fun. It's this been so really nice to meet you. Been. Yeah, this has been great. I am so thankful. You just don't know. I appreciate it. I really do. Thank you to our guests, of course, as always. Um, and now we're just going to move on to our apartment 4E this week. And for me, uh, this week, I would like to put in people who don't pull up to cars close enough at junctions and what i mean by that is <laughs> wait let me explain this and I'm, this i'm gonna explain this right one of the biggest issues in la is traffic right one of the biggest issues and every time i stop at any junction of a stop sign a traffic light or whatever a junction whatever it is cars line up right but so often you'll get a car that will be like more than a car's length from the car in front of it and it'll be stopped mm. now the, the problem with that is that again you think you're on a block right and it's a busy traffic time mm -hmm. if five cars do that that's five cars less space for five other cars so you've so one junk one traffic light has made five other cars later so you think about the growth of that exponentially in time and basically the people that don't pull up to cars they really create more congestion in traffic. I think it's a genuinely serious problem and it's just a lack of awareness from people um, and like lack of consideration. Um, and it, it just really gets me. And I actually genuinely believe that if the government were to do like an infomercial about this or like some kind of thing to say, look, I think this will help traffic so much. Seriously, look at it. Maybe not in New York because it's so dense, but when you come here next time, check the traffic out and you'll see the it, it's every time you stop at a junction people are like it i don't understand it and it, it would help traffic so much i think if we if we could build awareness around this i think it would take a good chunk of time off traffic in general well here in america we're taught not saying that everything that we're taught we apply but we're taught to <laughs> hope not <laughs> we're taught to um see the back tires mm -hmm. of a car like if mm -hmm. we cannot see the back tires of a car that means that we're too close so the way that you're describing it yeah kind of goes against the way we were taught but again I, stupid. I don't I expect yeah i don't expect people to apply it like i was in la i know how bad the traffic is i don't mm -hmm. remember people leaving that much distance but i do think that is a valid concern and it definitely mm -hmm. would help Traffic. I, I absolutely would help it. And, and uh, that sounds like a really stupid way to learn, honestly. <laughs> That's so stupid. Well, this is the I, thing. If somebody breaks in front of you, then yeah. you want to have enough but, space. 
Hey, of course, but, but I'm talking about stationary traffic, right? I'm not talking about, well, I'm absolutely, when you're driving, absolutely have space, and I do all the time, absolutely. But when you're stationary, and the person is stationary in front of you, absolutely, you know, like even half a car's length if you have to. You know what I mean? Just come on. I hear you. I hear so, you. So that's what's going in apartment 4E, and it's, it's, uh, it's I guess, one is American teachings. Uh, so that's the second ne <laughs> negative thing I'm going to say about Americans today. Uh, and yeah, and the second one is just people just not thinking about it. Okay, I hear you. By the way, we might want to do an inventory of all that's in apartment 4E because I we wonder how do. Susan is doing. Like, is Susan, where is she now? Is she like in the living room because there's too much stuff like in her bedroom? Like, I'm just trying to figure out how much stuff is in apartment 4E. I, I actually heard that she's gone so crazy she's gonna play the joker in the next movie <laughs> joker 2 yeah exactly joker 2.0 colon susan got it well we drove <laughs> her to it you we know. did but then it's she kind of did it to herself also yeah so. she did she, she deserves to be in there so yeah, it's all good yeah it's all good so my apartment for e is gonna be a little more serious <laughs> okay um, and you'll know where this is coming from completely. Mm -hmm. Um, so I want to put in apartment 4E something that I've termed white corporate America colonization. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know, when it comes to colonization, we all know what that means, right? Of course. It's been practiced. What it means is a colonizer comes into a land. Instead of them killing the indigenous people, they make them just like them. It's a very get out situation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And in a way, it's more nefarious. So even though there's no such thing as slavery anymore or Jim Crow laws or apartheid, there are still elements of colonization that mm -hmm. even are in the workplace in corporate America. So that might mean that with my ponytail, for example, if somebody who doesn't have the same cultural norm as me, which is changing my hair all the time, mm -hmm. if they're like, we don't like that, we want your, your real hair and it has to be like straight or whatever, that's a type of colonization. Mm -hmm. That's something that you're trying to um, get me to adhere to. And it has nothing to do with my own culture. Mm -hmm. Another example is being told that, you know, a black woman is aggressive in an email when the tone is not that at all, you know? So there are different instances of this that a lot of black women deal with. Mm -hmm. So I ended up writing a blog post about it that I'll share with you. Mm -hmm. Please do. And it's called the other type of harassment because a lot of people think of harassment as sexual, but there are different types of harassment. Oh, there's, there's many types, of course. So yeah. many. Mm -hmm. So I want to put that in apartment 4E. And even though it's not like, you know, it's going to seriously erase that type of harassment, mm -hmm. it's a start and it's symbolic, mm -hmm. especially because like with you and I doing this podcast, it's so important to be um, not only aware but sensitive and conscious to how, how other people um, navigate life. And a lot of how we navigate life is based on our cultural norms. 
Yeah, of course it is. So yeah, yeah. I'm putting that shit in there with Susan, and she can have a good old time with it, okay? <laughs> By might, herself, colonizing she, herself. Yeah, she might enjoy it, so. Yeah, she might, she <laughs> might be, be like, just what I was looking for, yeah, you know? exactly. Like, this is I what I've been it. missing since I've been in here. <laughs> yes. So. Do you, think, do you think she's a dictator in there? I mean, who is she dictating to? Who else? Is well, we there? we've put lots of people in there. We like, have we, put people in we've, there. We put oh, people definitely. like well, I just put a load of bad drivers in there, you know, uh, or inconsiderate. That's true. In You've bad, also put people in there servers, that talk too loud on their phones. On the phones, and I also put people in there who um, are rude to servers and wait stuff. That's true. I I put a lot of people in that apartment. You did. I mean, the the council were going to be on on our case at some point because we just got too many people in there. I don't think so. No? She's in a black hole. The thing is, she thinks she has power to call the police because that's her first thing. She can't call the police and those people talking loud on the phone because she's just in the, she's in there forever. This is her home. That's it. She's you there. Know? All right. Unless, unless at some point we put some kind of policeman in there, but we'll see. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Oh, that's a good one. Maybe. You know, oh, God. No, we'll see. But, uh, but I like that. Good. And I, and I agree that why not? That's, that's a good apartment for re-addition right there. Thank you. All right. Uh, so just before we say goodbye, oh, it's my week for uh, some lyrics. Yes. And you need to sing. Okay. You need to sing some oh, part God. of it. That's I, for sure. I, I can't sing, but oh. Or you rap it. It's one or the other. I mean, this definitely isn't a song to be rapped. Well. Um, okay. No, I'm not going to sing it. I just can't do it. <laughs> I'm too shy, Jen. I'm too shy. Oh, my God. And also, honestly, I am the worst singer. And the thing is, we want to get more listeners, not less. Oh, my God. And I feel like God. me singing would really, you know, shut some people down. So I'm going to get you to sing one day, but it's okay. Maybe. You don't have to do it tonight. It's okay. Uh, maybe. We'll see. Uh, okay. So the lyric, uh, people are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked when you're unwanted. Streets are uneven when you're down. And that is from one of my favorite songs in the world, which is called People Are Strange by The Doors. Oh, and, ooh, you took uh, it back. Oh, of course. I mean, most of my favorite music is like 60s and 70s. So that, I feel like that will happen a lot uh, here. Um, but I love it. It's such a great song. Um, and just the first line of that verse alone, you know, people are strange when you're a stranger. Of course, it's so simple and brilliant and it, it says so much and th I mean that was relevant then and I think in the world today it's even more relevant um, especially with the online world yeah you know, like I mean there's so many strange people we see in like the literal sense um, but even people who kind of you meet in your day-to-day -day life who uh, you interact with and work in the same place as you whatever like until you kind of have some kind of report or some kind of knowing of them they're a stranger and therefore they're kind of strange that's true you know i mean there's always like an element i feel these days of caution and um and and maybe kind of like a, a disconnection until there is a connection that's true so that's why i i picked this verse today was i the best stranger you ever met yes you were you the best stranger I ever met i mean <laughs> you're you were one of you're one of the best you're a good one well, that's nice. A good one, Top so. three, I'll take it. I know that's what you meant to say. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so thank you everyone for listening to another episode. Yeah, thank you. You know, we really appreciate it. And um please, as always, you know, share, rate, um, you know, get on our social media. 
and and like it and share it and just say nice things maybe and make us feel good that would be cool um or not whatever either way doesn't matter either way either way works um anything before we go jen yes um congratulations to us um for hitting 1000 total plays on all of our episodes i mean that's amazing to us i'm sorry but that's amazing i don't really know what it means compared to other new podcasts but i really don't care the fact that i saw 1k yeah. And we didn't even know if we get 10 people outside of our family and friends to listen. Yeah. That's amazing. So. I mean, I only listen to each episode 50 plus times. So <laughs> there's at least a few people listening, you know, aside from me. <laughs> Don't give your secret away. Okay. <laughs> but no, she's genuinely absolutely right. And that's, that's incredible. And, and it's quite humbling really, as, as you said, the kind of a big part of this for us was that we enjoyed learning together and it was just a very fun uh, kind of experienced us that our conversation in general and to evolve into the podcast just kind of felt natural and for people to be listening is really really cool so Amazing. thank you so thank y'all and thank you we'll be back for another episode <laughs>